Live from Bayside College in Newport, Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to the Our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM. Welcome everyone, I'm Riley from Live FM's Our Gambling Harm podcast, broadcasting from Bayside College, Paisley Campus in Newport, Melbourne, Victoria. And today I'm presenting with my co-host Aiden. Hi. Jasper. Hello. And Mia. Hello. Uh, today we're interviewing Dr. Hannah Pitt, who is a research fellow from the Faculty of Health at Deakin University. So how's it going? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to hear. Um, now, how exactly did you get into uh, gambling research? Um, so I'm from Wollongong, which is south of Sydney, New South Wales, and I was doing my Master's of Public Health at the time and I met Professor Samantha Thomas, who is one of the leading experts in gambling um, and young people in gambling. And so she really told me about gambling as a public issue, health issue and how important it is to the, really doing something about this and just all the harms that people experience and the community experience from this. And it was something that I really wanted to get on board with. I'm a sport fan myself as well and I was starting to notice how much gambling advertising was um, becoming embedded in sport. Yeah. Okay. So, hi, hi, um, Dr. Hannah. Uh, my name is N. So, uh, what are the signs of someone who is being harmed by gambling? So, there's a, quite a wide range of um, signs, but often they're quite hidden, which is what makes gambling such a terrible and, and really harmful problem for so many people. Um, it's not like a normal addiction where alcohol or, or smoking, but some of the things that we can think about and look for, especially in young people, is starting to look for changes in their mood, changes in spending. Um, some people becoming much more obsessed about sport and the odds. Um, yeah, really that that mood stuff around irritability, stress, maybe not sleeping as well. For young people, uh, they're uh, slipping in grades as well. More things we can be looking for. And I think this is really frequent in Australia as well. Um, And hi, my name is Mia. Um, Why does Australia have the highest gambling rates? So Australians have the um, are the biggest losers when it comes to gambling per capita in the world. We spend twenty, we lose twenty five billion dollars in the past year, and. That's for a range of reasons. Australia has so many different gambling products accessible to us in our communities. We have over um, 200,000 poker machines in local communities plus poker machines in casinos. And poker machines are really the most harmful and risky product and you just won't find this, the kind of accessibility of gambling in other countries. Um, we also have a very normalised um gambling culture here in Australia where we have a a public holiday for Melbourne Cup. You see gambling ads everywhere. It's really embedded in sport and really embedded in our community environments. So do you think people are doing enough to like stop gambling from in schools or like our communities? Um, I think there's lots of things that we could do to better protect um, young people and better to uh, protect the community from from gambling harm. Um, Most of it comes from actually a top level where we're looking for more regulations around the accessibility and availability of gambling products. Um, We're also looking to reduce gambling advertising in communities and we also need really effective public health um, education campaigns to really talk about the risks associated with gambling. Yeah, and I feel like this is also frequent in like child games and stuff like that where you play like little gambling games and bets with children and it just teaches them from an early age. Yeah, we definitely are seeing that. It all really contributes to this normalisation of gambling that we call it where we're just starting to see the embedding of gambling in lots of different environments that weren't necessarily associated with gambling in the past. So tipping for one of those 
um, things is something that used to be back in the day quite harmless. Betting on, you know, having sweeps in the Melbourne Cup was quite harmless. However, now due to the accessibility and availability of gambling, the constant marketing we're seeing, it's actually becoming more dangerous now because it's just so aligned to everything cultural um, in Australia. Uh, Jasper? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, just how much money is actually spent on this uh, advertisement for the gambling? So we know that about $271 million was spent on gambling advertising. However, the true amount we're not actually sure of because that doesn't include sponsorship deals, the social media advertising we see. And so really we know that if marketing didn't work, then they wouldn't be putting this much money into it. So if we know that they're spending at least $271 million, um, there must be something that must be working for these companies and we need to do something about that. Uh, just on top of that, is any money actually spent uh, on ads? Is more money spent on ads that are trying to stop gambling or? Yeah, so the government does have a budget in terms of the ads that they run on their campaigns. That's all state-based. So you'll see different um, kind of gamble, gambling harm ads um, in different states. It depends what messaging and it depends on their budgets for that. So there are definitely gambling harm uh, prevention campaigns that are run. But, yeah, you can't compete with the mass um kind of budgets that these massive companies have. Um, so you mentioned that recently the advertisement has been more rampant, but how does the advertising that is currently displayed affect young children? Yeah, that's a great question. And so that's the majority of the research that I've conducted is really what is the impact and influence of gambling marketing on young people? And we found that young people are able to recall um, sports betting advertisements. They remember the plot line, the promotions. Um, they can remember so much about these ads, which really shows that they have this awareness and recall of the different gambling ads that saturate their environments. Um, we found that the advertising can cause young people to have quite positive attitudes about gambling. They see it as being fun and exciting and an easy way to win money. Um, we also know that young people are starting to say that they want to try gambling because of the ads that they see. All right, thanks. And um, if you just joined us, this is uh, Live FM's Our Gambling Harm podcast. We're with Dr. Hannah Pitt, a researcher for the Faculty of Health, um, and we're covering how gambling affects young Australians. So, um, Hannah, Dr. Hannah. How does a sport sort of like influence young people's attitudes towards gambling? I think what we see with sport is that it's just such a huge platform that brings everyone together. It's a really pitched as a family-friendly event. Lots of people watch it. However, now we're seeing gambling and sport being seen as something that young people consider as going together. So we know that 75% of young people aged 8 to 16 believe that gambling is a normal or common part of sport because of the advertising that we see. We've also seen ex-athlete go on to uh, promote gambling companies. We see a lot of uh, promotion around the odds about gambling. Um, so we're often seeing it as the two and two go together, which we know can be really damaging for young people as they're constantly seeing this message of gambling aligned with sport. Yep, yep. and you touched on this quite a bit throughout the you know, questions and stuff, but why is the normalisation of gambling so relevant? Yeah, another great question. If we just look at tobacco as our kind of playbook here when thinking about gambling, we know back then that the more normalised a product is, the more likely people want to try it and the more likely they are to experience harm. And that's something we're seeing with gambling is the more common and accepted it is in our environments, in our communities, the more likely people want to try it and we know then that the more likely the, la the larger population will experience harm. 
Yeah, and as we know, people can gamble online as well. Uh, has that increased more than normal one due to like uh, COVID and lockdown and everything? Or have they had like a constant battle? Which one's uh, more prominent? Yeah, so poker machines are definitely still considered the most risky and the most harmful gambling products in our communities. However, as you say, with online gambling, that has just become so much more accessible. We basically have a TAB right in our pockets, available 24-7. You don't have to leave anywhere to go gamble now. You can gamble from home. So that just poses so many more risks. So at the moment, um, poker machines are still the most risky and we lose significantly more amounts of money on poker machines than any other product but we're definitely very concerned about the impact of online gambling and how much that's increased over the last few years. All right. Um, so with everything increasing over the years, what's the government doing to try and combat that? Yeah, we're still definitely pushing from a public health perspective all the things that we believe the government should be doing. Um, they obviously put money into research and into prevention campaigns and um, the Gamblers Help services are still an excellent service for people who might be experiencing harm. However, what we'd really like to see from the government is much bigger increases on regulation around their products, so reducing the accessibility of poker machines um, and opportunities to gamble in communities, changing the product design to make them safer and and really increasing regulations around advertising and promotions. Yeah, and this can be seen when they like say, oh, gamble responsibility through all the ads and stuff like that. So we're slowly getting there. Yeah, I think um, things are changing around that as well. We really want to, would like to see um, more risk information around gambling products, the gamble responsibly. We even know young people are quite critical of that message. They're not too sure what it means and if it's that effective. We know from um, research with people with lived experience of gambling that often um, gambling responsibly messages can sometimes be stigmatising and actually prevent help seeking. So we would really like to shift some of these messages and really focus on the gambling industry and what they're doing to influence people's gambling behaviours and also have honest information around the harms and risks associated with these products. Um, sorry, so you mentioned the Gamblers Helpline. Is there a number to reach out to for people struggling with gambling? Yeah, it's 1-800-858-858. So I'd really recommend for people who are experiencing harm from gambling but also if anyone's concerned about anyone that they think might be experiencing harm to really reach out to that number. Okay. so. What can we do to like sort of protect people from gambling or like falling into like a gambling addiction? Yeah, I think at that real local individual level, you want to be looking out for your loved ones, um, looking out for people and any changes in their behaviour. But from a more um, holistic uh, public health approach, we want to be getting better information and public education and awareness around gambling and the risks associated with these products. We want to see regulation, like I've said before, around the access and availability of products. We want to see a, re um, a reduction in the alignment with gambling and sports. So that's really sporting organisations being more responsible and separating themselves from gambling companies. And really I would still push that we want to see a real um, reduction and ban in gambling advertising to really protect those most vulnerable in our communities. Uh, are there any current bans on advertising uh, for gambling that are in place right now? In terms of advertising in sport, they've made some changes where um, so gambling advertising is not allowed during children's viewing hours, which is up until 7pm. However, that does exclude news, current affair and sports entertainment programs. We found in 2018 that the government um, took on our advice around the normalisation of gambling and decided to ban gambling ads during live sport five minutes before and five minutes after. But that was unfortunately only until 8.30pm. And we know that lots of kids 
kids are still watching sport at 8.30, you know, often that's half time in some games. So we would really like to see that go further. That's about all we have time for during this interview. But um, thank you very much, Dr. Hannah, uh, so research fellow for the Faculty of Health at Deakin University. Um, this has been Riley, your host for Live FM's Our Gambling Arm podcast, joined with Aiden, hey. Mia, hey. and Jasper. Um, <laughs> um, and this is about the end of our program, but uh, thank you very much. We're broadcasting from uh, Bayside Campus, Bayside College, Newport Campus, and Altona in Newport, Victoria. Uh, and thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you. It was a pleasure. Across our neighborhood and across the world, you're listening to the Our Gambling Harm podcast on Live FM.